Hey everybody, I'm Jazz. And I'm Molly. And welcome, welcome, welcome to Wild Wicked World. you guys we're back and it's a new year hello 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 (laughs) and just so you know we are totally weirded out right now because we are actually recording in completely different vicinities (laughs) from each other i'm at my house and jasmine's at hers yeah this is so weird like my face like my hands is literally covering my face right now we're doing like a zoom meeting and we're recording it so we uh it was snowing and so we kind of decided that we were going to try to do the remote thing and we wanted to know how to do it anyway and so here you guys are getting our first test (laughs) it's just crazy because we was literally talking about this and then boom the next time we record it it's through zoom yeah i know that is funny that we were just talking about it (laughs) that always happens to us though i feel like jinx jinx well if you can still see me i'm drinking a beer right now yeah i can see molly but she can't see me because for some reason i can't even get me to show up yeah, it can real convenient for her there, real convenient. Like, yeah, sure, Jazz, sure. <laughs> uh-huh. So we are doing two episodes for you guys tonight, and we are recording this on Friday nights now, and so you guys mm-hmm. are going to Monday morning, and so Mondays are going to be our days where we launch our episodes from now on. Monday fun day. It's going to be, yeah, Monday is going to, and you're going to have all week to, to listen to it. So <laughs> you'll get on that shit. Uh, so this is our first mini wicket of the year. And it's our, what, uh, number 13, lucky number 13. The fact that oh, you can remember funny. that. Well, what? I have to always, I always have to look back and see which ones we're on. I don't remember <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, if we're doing a Freddie first Jason and it's the 13th episode, Friday the 13th. Wow. I'd never wow. That see, it was meant to be. I didn't think about it until just now. That that's interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to take a little pause there because we're totally weirded out by this new recording scenario right here. <laughs> yeah, trying to figure it out is crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's more jazz's forte than my forte, because I am not good at uh, technical stuff. I need to get better at that. Yeah, I watch a lot of videos on it. Like, I was literally at the gym on a treadmill over watching videos about this. I was like, okay, I do this, I do that. Okay, cool. That's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> you always <laughs> watching your Google video. You and Davey both are about them Google's videos. <laughs> because, like, when I tell you I hate reading, I got to watch the videos. Yeah, I mean, I do watch a lot of Google videos, too. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's what I did when we were trying to figure this out. I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> Where would we be without Google? No, shit. Where were we? I I can't even remember a life without Google, and I definitely lived way before Google was ever a thing. So When, when did Google even come in play? Oh, shit. Probably Girl, I don't know. Probably around the same time as like Yahoo and stuff like that. 
Because Yahoo used to be the, the the big search engine and stuff before Google. Okay. Well, it said Google was founded on uh, September fourth, nineteen ninety eight. Holy shit! So yeah, it's not that old. When were you born? Ninety six. Ah, so you're two years old when <laughs> Google was fucking. Jesus. I'm older than Google. Yeah. <laughs> so it was what? How old are you? I'm 27. So 25 years ago. Google's been around for 25 years. Okay, okay. Right. That's so weird to put in perspective like that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> for me, it feels like the 80s were just 20 years ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> it definitely isn't. <laughs> it was more like 40. <laughs> yeah, yikes. <laughs> oh, anyway. All right, so we should probably get into this movie. So, Jazz, what time is it? Molly, it's that movie Fuck Around and Find Out time again. Yo, the tongue twister. I know. I know I had to stick something in there. (laughs) So, like I mentioned earlier, this mini Wicked, we are taking on Freddy vs. Jason. And I was not excited about this one because, I mean, I've seen it once and for me once was enough, but that's all right. I love this movie. I know you do. It's a good thing one of us does. So, uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Jason, I can't say that tonight. Jason. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason is a 2003 American slasher film directed by Ronnie Yu and written by Damian Shannon and Mark Swift. Um, the film is a crossover between the Friday the 13th and a Nightmare on Elm Street franchise and pits Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger against each other in the 11th and 8th installments in their respected series. And I just have to say that Friday the 13th, eh, but the Nightmare on Elm Streets, they always freaked me out when I was younger. They were like the only thing that could somewhat scare me when I was younger. Was it because it was like in your dreams? Yes, that and also my grandparents lived on Elm Street, so. <gasps> no. Yes. <laughs> I so, love and that. I lived with my grandparents for a minute, so like watching Nightmare on Elm Street on the house on Elm Street was pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm a little jealous. Right? <laughs> it was in Raytown, yeah. Uh, so in the film, Freddie, which is played by Robert England, and you know nobody else could have played Freddie Krueger, like Robert England is Freddy Krueger. Like you can see him when he doesn't have his Freddy Krueger stuff on, you still know who the fuck he is. <laughs> yeah, he played the shit out of that role. Yeah. So he has grown incapable of haunting people's dreams as the citizens of Springwood, Ohio have mostly forgotten about him. To regain his to regain his power, Freddy manipulates Jason into resurrecting himself and traveling to Springwood to cause panic and fear, leading to rumors that Freddy has returned. So he's using Jason. So Freddy Krueger is rendered powerless in hell with Springfield forgetting him. Disguising as Pamela Voorhees, Freddy manipulates Jason Voorhees into killing Springwood teenagers to to regain strength. So basically people have to be scared of him for him to have the power to be able to and, you know, come into their dreams. So Lori Campbell lives with her widowed father with friends, with friends, Kia, Gib, Trey, and Blake staying over that night. 
Jason stabs Trey and folds him in half with police suspecting Freddie. So that's the first murder. So they all come in there. And by the way, Kelly Rowland is her friend Kia. And we talked about this at work today. I love Kelly Rowland, love Destiny's Child, love all that. But Kelly Rowland cannot <laughs> act. She needs to stick to singing where she's good at. And the girl, you sound oh like you reading a script the whole freaking time it, i it, it bothered me it seriously it, bothered me it definitely she definitely could use some more practice yes yes i mean it, it, there's a lot of people that are like that though that are just you know whatever they have the name so they get in movies and yada yada but they need to stick with what they're good at and that's music so mm-hmm. and her music's awesome and she's an amazing songwriter i mean not only does she do her own stuff but she writes a lot of songs for for people as well and she has so. an amazing singing voice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like Jazz said when I said that this morning, Jazz like, shit, Beyonce can't even act. I'm like, you are not wrong. She's like the if, same person in everything she's been in. She plays if, like the same person. If I have to see Beyonce act one more time, I think I'm going to pull all my hair out because it's a no. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with you on that. <laughs> so um, the first victim is this real cock face dude that is the boyfriend of one of the girls or whatever. And they are doing it because you know, it's Friday the 13th and nightmare and Elmster's always got to be sex. There's always got to be tits and ass. So the the opening scene you get mm-hmm. tits and ass because it's him, him, him and Jason's dreams or whatever. But uh, so the next thing you know, I mean, that is a funky, she comes out and he's literally like, in half he's folded in half that would be a scary scene to have you can always count on the nightmare on elm streets to have the most unique death scenes yep <laughs> like the one with the, the the bed where he sinks inside the bed and shit is that where like have you come, seen where he come? oh hell yeah i've seen all of them i'm obsessed with those i mean the uh the nightmare on elm street is what i meant but, yeah, I oh, the one on, where it, like, like the bed basically like eats them yeah, I've seen that one. Okay, okay. Like, I, I love that scene. Like, that would be so fucking creepy. <laughs> Being swallowed by your bed. So, following a nightmare, Blake awakens and his beheaded father it, to his beheaded father before Jason kills him. And this is the other friend that was at the house. The next day, police stated it was a murder-suicide, hoping to detain Freddie. So, the police the whole time are trying to keep everybody from knowing what's going on, just like all the other fucking nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Parents are the assholes. They're trying to cover it up. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, so Lori's ex-boyfriend, who they've kind of alluded to, you know, so far, they've talked about how he just disappeared. Her ex-boyfriend, Will Rollins, and friend Mark Davis are in Weston Hills Psychiatric Hospital. There are patients there. They take hypnosil to suppress dreams for them having last contact, having last contact with Freddie. So a news report leads Mark to devise an escape plan. He and Will return to Springwood. He sees that news report about, you know, his ex-girlfriend, or not ex-girlfriend, but his girlfriend he got ripped away from that, you know, this murder and shit happened in her house. He and Will return to Springwood to notify Lori of Freddy. Mark later learns of the city's plan to eradicate Freddy, which nullifies the plan. That night, Lori and others attend a rave at a cornfield. A drunken Gib believes she sees Trey and follows him to a silo. A dream trap set by Freddy, of course. However, Jason kills him. This made Freddy realizes Jason will, is rampantly out of control. 
and he's just going to continue. So he basically just created a monster. <laughs> the monster that Leonard, was already a monster. He already existed, but then he gave him a new <laughs> killing ground. So he used to just kind of stick to his camp and stuff, you know, like he mm-hmm. didn't stray away from there except for, except for the stupid movie that didn't succeed that Jason takes Manhattan or whatever. When I uh, also think, but yeah. I also think that so, Freddie was getting a little jealous because he's like, you know, Jason was getting a praise for all these murders. So he's kind of a little on a little jealous side. Yeah, because he he he's able to murder all these people and he still is not really, you know, able to be doing all that. He's taking his he's taking his killings from them because now mm-hmm. he's able to get in their dreams again. But now Jason is killing them before he can get his, you know, his murders in. So Linderman and Stoner Freeberg, I like that Stoner Freeberg escape the rave along with Lori and Kia. Lori confronts her father about her mother's death, lying to him. Because um, Will, her her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend Will, said that her dad put her in there, put him in the psychiatric place because he saw him killing his mom or whatever. Uh, so that's all she knows right now. So at this point, she believes him and she thinks that her dad did it. So she and Will go to Mark's house only to discover that Fred Freddie is attacking Mark. You know, Dep- the deputy guy, the, the cop guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Deputy Stubbs expects a copycat, Jason Murderer. But his suspicion falls short. He approaches Lori and her friends who piece together Freddie's plan. Learning of Hypnosil, they still stalk from Weston Hills. But Freddie possesses Freeberg and disposes of them. After electrocuting Stubbs, Jason is tranquilized by possessed Freeberg, whom Jason bisects before losing consciousness. So there you go, stealing another one. The teens devise to pull Freddy and force the two to battle. They take the unconscious Jason, Jason, there you go again, <laughs> Jason to Crystal Lake. Meanwhile, Freddy battles Jason in the dream world. So he pulls him into a nightmare of him drowning as a child because he learned of his fear of his water. And of course, we all know Freddy's scared of fire. Lori retrieves Freddy, but he attacks her, revealing himself her mother's killer. So it really wasn't her dad. It was actually Freddy and her dad was trying to you know, save her from that. So Jason awakes and chases the others into a cabin. Linderman is mortally wounded and dies. The cabin ignites and Lori is awakened, pulling Freddy into real life. Jason fights Freddy while they escape, throwing Freddy through another cabin's roof. Lori, Will, and Kia encounter Freddy. Kia distracts Freddy by taunting him until Jason suddenly kills her. And man, she's talking mad, mad <laughs> shit, too. She was As pissing him Will's, off. Like, yeah, she was. And that's easy to do. I mean, he's, he's, he's a funny, you know, he's not your typical monster, dude. As Lori and Will escape, the two begin to fight. The group attempt to ram a minecart into them, but both are hit to the boardwalk. There, Jason tears Freddy's arm off while he stabs Jason's eye. Lori and Will ignite propane tanks that blow Freddy and Jason into the lake. Freddy climbs out suddenly, but Jason impels Freddy with his own arm, and Lori decapitates Freddy before Jason collapses. And let me just say, she doesn't just decapitate him. She says the line that I love... Just say to it. My world, bitch. <laughs> and then his head off. Welcome to my world, bitch. <laughs> Boom. There goes his head. So finally at peace, Lori and Will leave Crystal Lake together. However, and this is what you said is your favorite part, right? Mm-hmm. 
Jason emerges holding Freddy's severed head, who winks at the audience and laughs. Of course he does. <laughs> like the laugh was like playing in my head as you were saying that. So the this was influenced by fans that desired a crossover film that depicted a fight between the two icons. So New Line and Paramount tried to make a Freddy vs. Jason movie in 1987, but the two studios failed to agree on a story or what to do with the two franchises. When Jason Takes Manhattan failed to perform successfully because it fucking sucked, mm-hmm. Sean Cunningham decided that he wanted to reacquire the rights to Friday the 13th and start working with New Line Cinema on Freddy vs. Jason, as New Line owned the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. The concept of a fight between Freddy and Jason was not new. Paramount had approached New Line about filming a crossover years before the latter had gained the licensing rights to Friday the 13th. At that time, both companies wanted the license to the other characters so that they could control the making of the film. Negotiations on the project were never finalized, which led Paramount to make The New Blood. After Jason Takes Manhattan was released in 1989, the rights reverted to Scuderi Manassian and Barsimianato. What the fuck? Hmm. Who sold them to New Line? Before Cunningham could start working on Freddy vs. Jason, Wes Craven returned to New Line to make New Nightmare. This effectively put Freddy vs. Jason on hold, but allowed Cunningham the chance to bring Jason back into the spotlight with Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. The ninth installment turned a healthy profit, though it was only intended to open the door for a crossover with Freddy Krueger rather than start a new series for New Line. Ultimately, the film series would go through another sequel before that would happen. Cunningham's frustration with the delayed development of the Freddy vs. Jason project forced him to create another sequel in an effort to keep the franchise in the minds of the audiences. Based on Jason Takes Manhattan's concept of taking Jason away from Crystal Lake, the 10th film would put the titular character in space. That one sucked, too. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the film suffered from the loss of its biggest supporter, president of production Michael DeLuca. When he resigned from his position, a lack of support forced the finished film to sit for two years before finally being released on April 26, 2002. It would go on to become the lowest grossing film in the franchise at the domestic box office. It also held the distinction of having the largest budget of any of the previous films at that time. So after more than 15 years of off and on development and approximately 6 million spent in eight in 18 unused scripts from more than a dozen screenwriters, New Line finally produced Freddy vs. Jason for 2003. One of the biggest hurdles for the film was developing a story that managed to bring the two horror icons together. Potential stories varied widely from two different drafts. One was titled The Millennium Massacre where Freddy was revealed to, at one time, be a counselor at Camp Crystal Lake and molested Jason as a child, and another dealt with a cult called the Fredheads, who were going to sacrifice a little girl to Freddy, leading to the girl's older sister putting her dead boyfriend's heart in Jason's body to fight Freddy and rescue her younger sister. Well, that was kind of a cool concept there. (laughs) Not the first one, but the second one. The second one was different. I mean, I didn't necessarily <laughs> like all of it, but I did like the idea of like having a, a cult that fought like, you know, where Fred has like followed one of them or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, according to writers Mark Swift and Damian Shannon, several endings were considered for the film. One of the unused endings involved Pinhead of Hellraiser fame. And finally, producer Robert Shea came up with this idea, which was acceptable for everyone. New Line believed Freddy vs. Jason needed a fresh start and to choose a new actor for Jason. Cunningham disagreed with her decision, believing Hodder was the best choice for the role. Um, Hodder did receive the script for Freddy vs. Jason and had a meeting. God damn it, I can't say his name. Had a meeting with director Ronnie Yu and New Line executives, but Matthew Barry and Yu felt the role should be cast to fit Yu's image of Jason. According to Hodder, New Line failed to pro provide him a reason for the recasting. But Yu has explained he wanted a slower, more deliberate Jason and less of the aggressive movements that Hodder had used in the previous films. I mean, it makes sense that they're trying to, you know, revamp it to change it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, they couldn't change Freddy Krueger, though. But I mean, come on. Anybody can put the hockey mask on. <laughs> I'll say he doesn't even talk. He doesn't talk. I mean, you know, it's not it doesn't take that much to be Jason Voorhees. So they ended up casting somebody else for Jason. Uh, so anyway, that is the gist of Freddy vs. Jason. Carry on. <laughs> All right. So that is our Freddy vs. Jason movie. Uh, the gist of it. So what do you think? I know what you think, kind of. But oh, you know, give us I'm, another recap. Yeah, I'm definitely rating the movie a 10 out of 10. And I was going to ask you, are you Team Freddy or uh, Team Jason? Freddy. No. Yeah, okay, same. Yeah, Freddy. And it's only because he's more entertaining, but I, I don't yeah, I'm team Freddy. He's 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 better. He has more personality too. Yeah, it's funner. Yeah, it's funnier and you know, yeah. So I mean, I don't hate the movie. I know I joke and I'm like blah blah blah. I mean it it's not it's not horrible, but I'm gonna have to give it a six. Mm. That is not one of my favorites. And I love the both franchises, but out of those franchises, it's not one of my favorites. So okay. I don't really think that they belong in a movie together. Yeah, I could see that. They they are kind of a little different. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with a six. You said 10. Yeah, that's my movie. Yeah, girl. I mean, <laughs> we usually are a little bit closer on our uh <laughs> on our case there we're really off on that one <laughs> honestly anything freddy's getting a 10 yeah i mean i do love my nightmare on elm streets too <laughs> all right guys well if you guys want to tell us what you think about it you know how to do that you just contact us but first before we get into that we are going to pick our next movie well jasmine's going to pick our next movie yeah i already got us got us sitting right here and I, this is what i put in there uh, the of black course. phone. <laughs> the what? The black phone. It's a um, Stephen King movie. Black thong? No phone. Black phone. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That just came out not long ago, right? It's yeah, it did, and I love that. Good. It's a good movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. I think in that Ethan Ethan Hawke. I believe mm -hmm. it is the yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Okay, but I feel like I haven't had one of mine picked in forever. Well, I mean, we, I have zombies, but we haven't had like one of my real movies, you know. Like, <laughs> did you take all my movies out and just replace them with all your stuff? I did actually. 
Oh, you you would. <laughs> nah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, so black phone. Black phone will be our next, and that will be in two weeks. You guys mm-hmm. will get that many wicked from us. So if you would like to make any suggestions on movies to add to our bag of movies to pick from, or you want to talk to us about some of the ones we've already done, you can contact us at 3wpodcast2022 at gmo.com. Make sure you follow our TikTok and our Instagram, both at 3wpodcast. Uh, make sure you like our Facebook or join the discussion group, both at Wild Wicked World. All right, guys. Keep on watching that horror, but stay decent humans. Okay, bye-bye now. All right. Now a little about our first ever sponsor, helping us to get this show a-going. Let's move KC. Not only is this a family-owned business by my cousin Morgan and her husband Brett, my oldest son also worked for them the summer after he graduated high school. With over 20 years of professional moving and storage experience, they are proud to be a family-owned and operated business right here in the KC metro area. Their services range anywhere from local moving to interstate moving, Packing and unpacking, one item or whole household and storage is available upon request. They offer specially moving services as well. Piano, baby grand, grand upright and spine, safes, hot tubs, or any other unique thing you may have. They are fully insured and offer additional insurance upon request. Their main goal is to make sure you feel comfortable and safe in a stressful time like moving by handling your personal stuff like it was their own. Whatever you need, Whatever your need is, they can make it happen. So if you're about to move, and this goes for any of our listeners in any states, they're a moving service for any size in any state. Check them out at letsmovekcmovers.com or check them out on Facebook under the name Let's Move KC.